It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Fay, hub builder and co-host of British Columbia's podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source for great insights from entrepreneurs from across Canada. We talk to entrepreneurs who are making it happen here so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Cam Arbitage, uh, who is based out of Vancouver. We'll hear his story in a moment. Cam is uh, actually a full-time professional firefighter, which is super exciting. And he has a side hustle CEO, uh, side hustle as CEO of Cam Armitage, where he is a creator, an author, a speaker, an entertainer, and a motivator. And he's got a fantastic message uh, that obviously comes from the heart and personal experience, Cam. So just tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Well, first off, Angela, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be a part of what you guys are doing, and it's awesome. So thank you very much for having me. Uh, I will start with, you know, the entrepreneurial thing sort of. Uh, came out of after living a life that that was something to be uh, sort of examined after I became a little bit older and uh, did realize some success in my own life. And I was encouraged to, to look at that story and, and whether or not it could be used to help other people. So last year, I decided to write that down into what was the beginnings of a book. And I eventually ended up putting it together in a book and publishing that once I realized the story had a lot of value for other people. So that sprung was a springboard for some speaking engagements. I had some people bring me in to talk, talk about my story in particular. And once I saw the response from people in the audience and they came up to me and young people and old people, but they were really coming up to me and saying, hey, this part of your story really resonated with me. Thank you for sharing that. And once I did see that there was a big impact on people that were listening to the story and learning some things about it, um, I knew I had something that I could really go with in terms of making a difference. So that's sort of where we're at now. And so uh, how do you find time in your schedule to do professional work and all of this uh, side hustle? Well, fortunately for me is I have crafted a life in, in which that I have been able to find the time because of my rotational shift work. Okay. So I have an advantage in that sense and that I do four on and four off. So I have a little more time technically than probably the average person. However, it wasn't always that way. And I did work a nine to five for a long time, uh, Monday to Friday, the regular work schedule that most people hold. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do a lot of things during that time too. And I think that's very important for people to understand. There's a big difference between your job and your work. And those are two mm -hmm. different things that need to be talked about. So your job is what typically you do to pay your bills, keep the lights on and put some food on the table. So I think sometimes people think that after they've worked their eight hour day and they've gone to their job, that that's kind of it. And we look at relaxation and, and going home and living our life. And that's perfectly okay for a lot of people. Uh, however, when the growth period comes in is uh, uh, Tony Robbins talked about it a lot about when he came home from work and he put in his second shift after about 630 or 7 p.m. at night, he'd work till two o'clock in the morning again. When you look at a lot of stories of people who have found some success in their life and found a place where they're really happy with what they've created, nine times out of 10, these people have done so while working full-time jobs or paying the bills at the same time. I think that's really important to understand. So mm -hmm. um, I say this to people, 
If you're not excited going to your job, that's okay. Find a place where you are excited, whether that's leaving your job and going home, be very excited about that space. Create a place where you can be excited to go to, even if it's not that eight hour a day job. Have that excitement and that project at home that you go, wow, I can't wait to get home, have a quick shower and dinner and get off to work for about four or five hours. And that's where your real true life's work happens. I would just like you to articulate that in a little bit more detail, the difference between a job and what is work for you. What, sure. when, what does it mean when you know you're doing your life's purpose or, or the work you're meant to be doing? What does that mean? Sure, sure. So I'm fortunate enough that I really do enjoy my job and I love my career and it's yeah. very fulfilling. So I get a kind of double-edged thing now that I've worked very hard to get there. I do get enjoyment out of going to my career. However, my work is when I leave and go home, that's now my place to be myself with no rules, no one telling me what to do, no limitations. And that's one thing I like about the actual work that I want people to understand is you have a lot of freedom to pick and choose what you're going to do with your work. And your work is your time, your effort, your energy, your heart, your emotions, what makes you really tick and get excited? And, and I tell people, they say, well, I don't know what that is yet. And I say, that's okay, you don't have to. Think about what you really get excited doing. And it might be something very obscure, but it just, it really turns your crank, you know? Like you're like, oh wow. <laughs> it's one of those things where you could lose two hours very quickly and go, oh, right. what happened to the time? It's out the window. Pay attention to those things that you're doing. And it might not always be what you think it is, but your work is where you get to play. Work should feel like play. It's not yes. like a, yes. know, just pounding so a nail into the wall, constantly <laughs> going, oh, my wrist hurts, this is a lot of work. And so that's more like a job. Your work is that place where you get to just play and just have fun. It should be enjoyable. Now, is there parts of it that are work and hard? and I don't know what I'm doing and I have to learn new things? Of course it is, but when it's in the framework of your life's work, it takes on a different connotation. It's not something that's drudgery yeah. all the time, right? So uh, permission to just dig a little, because we kind of skirted what your story is. You're happy sure. to go down that path? Okay. Of course. So, uh, and it's it's maybe easy to say because you're, you've bounced out of it and, and here you are today, but go back in history a little bit and tell us a bit of Cam's story. So, you know, in a nutshell, um, really from an early age, I was, I was in a circle of people and there were some circumstances in life that, that I got exposed to sort of drugs and alcohol at a very early age, mm -hmm. uh, about 12 years old. And that obviously as a young person, you want to experiment, you want to be a part of the group, you want to be, you know, if you're being told something's okay, then you assume it's okay. And so that really led me into a world of, of experiencing substances and alcohol very early. Mm -hmm. You know, by the age of 14, 15, we started dabbling in the hard drug stuff. And again, it was a culture that was accepted at the time and with the groups of people I was with, including adults. Uh, so I really didn't know much better. That got me into a world of trouble at school. You could imagine trying to pay attention in class uh, while you're doing drugs and, and under the influence of drugs and things like that. So expelled from school at 16, petitioned the school board once I realized I needed to go back to school around, you know, getting close to 17. They let me in. I struggled further in an alternate program. Watching my friends graduate ahead of me was very depressing. So I dropped out for good at, at the age of 18. 
So at that point, you know, I was getting into a lot of trouble. I had a lot of influences in my circle that weren't positive for me. Uh, criminal circles, a lot of drug-related uh, sort of uh, professions, things like that. And it really led to a place of unhappiness and depression and, and, and a lack of purpose and a future is, is really what I like to touch on with people is, is there, you know, having hope about a better day tomorrow is a big deal for a lot of people. And, and I think once you get to a desperate place where you don't feel that value or you don't feel like there's a point in tomorrow, that's where you can get into some pretty dangerous stuff. So luckily for me, I was able to turn things around. I got introduced to a, a golf coach and she uh, sort of took me under her wing and I, I, I had another mentor at my job who, who really helped me through that time. And I had came to a realization that I was shortchanging myself. I was shortchanging my parents, my family, my friends. Really, you know, when you start letting yourself down, you let other people down mm. too. So it, it, it comes back to don't let yourself down. Start with yourself first. I think we, we like to please other people in our lives. But when we're letting ourselves down, that's a hard one to stomach because we're, we're the ones that have to live with that. So um, I'm very fortunate. You know, my story is, is quite... Uh, lengthy with a lot of interesting turns and twists in it. But essentially, I got accepted to University in the United States of America um, on scholarship. I was able to finish high school at night school uh, while working my job, of course, like we talked about. Um, so there was a lot of hard work, a lot of discipline, a lot of cutting the, the people out of my life that I knew were, were not uh, helping mm -hmm. me grow a healthy future mm -hmm. and a situation that was good for myself. So I think understanding also what I call the inner circle of your life is people that you can probably count on one hand. And right. that's very important, I think, uh, for people to know that they don't need to have 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 friends and these big groups of friends and circles that are acquaintances. That's okay. Going to a party and hanging out, that's okay. But the inner circle in your life is, is counted on one hand and it's the very few people in your life that truly care about you truly want you to do well, truly have your well-being at heart, those are the people you need to build your team around. You need to find those core group of people that are going to make sure you're doing what you need to do and, and keep you accountable. So I was able to develop a really strong inner circle. I rely on them to be honest with me. Uh, whether I want that honesty or not, they, they provide it and sometimes Great. it hurts, but it's good. So um, it's been a wonderful journey and I'm just here to encourage and guide people and help them through those processes themselves. Well, and as, uh, as we met each other, um, and I heard a little bit about your story, it's super relevant for me because I have a, uh, a, uh, son that two days ago turned 13. So I think he's really on that, uh, you know, that important life lesson of, of which path do I go and who are my spheres of influence that are great influences, uh, you know, if, having a golf pro take you under your wing really there was just one key mentor that was kind of a pivot for you right so there's some um, um i think that what we talked about and the reason why i love your story and i love your persona is that you can relate to that you know that youth age group that 13 to 18 year old age group that knows that it just takes one you know bit of inspiration from a cam and maybe one mentor for for people to really get their lives in a direction that feels good that's so yeah. correct. And thank you for sharing that with me. That's really good. And one thing I've learned, uh, Angela, is, 
the adult world is a lot similar to the youth world in that what I'm finding now, and, and of course I'm really focusing on that 13 to 18 year old age group. And those are the people I want to be around. And, but I'm learning that in the adult world, oftentimes they behave a little bit the same way in that they are influenced by what other people are doing. So, yes. you know, the thing I really want to help uh, these young people learn and understand is it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be different. It's okay to stand out. It's okay to not do what everyone else is doing. Because what happens is I find that people who don't develop those skills will end up often being adults in the same situation at, at 50 or 60. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they find themselves, they're not passionate. They're maybe not driven to, you know, to keep Correct. it. Even if they've started their own business or they're on, you know, started down the path of entrepreneurship, what got you here is not necessarily what's going to get you there. Right. I'm excited. How did you decide that publishing was your, was your stick? I mean, what's, uh, you know, I, I confess I haven't read the book yet, but, um, what, why publishing? Okay. So I have understood a few things in my short time in my journey in entrepreneurship. And I will say this self-publishing, uh, you know, did, did cost me a fair amount of money. It's not overly cheap. However, two things, traditional publishing is very difficult mm -hmm. to get into. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I learned that very quick after researching that. And I thought, wow, I could be giving manuscripts and things to publishers for years. I mean, right. there's people who've tried for years and they never get accepted. I, uh, one of my, my keys to success in my life that I follow to this day is I take very quick action. Once I decide, make a decision. Once I make a decision, it's go time. <laughs> and I do not have a lot. I do not have years to sit around and wonder and twiddle my thumbs. I don't operate right. that way. And in my profession as a firefighter, we don't have the luxury of Absolutely. time on our side. So yeah. I've been trained to operate very quickly. So when I looked at the, the, the math and the, and the situation, I said, well, for me to make a financial investment, self-publish this book within a calendar year. I had written the book in six months, mm -hmm. published it in six months, one year, totally zipped up. The book is on the shelves. The book is in Amazon. It's now for sale. So my key is for me, I thought, well, if I want to make a serious go of presenting and being a speaker and being someone who's taken seriously and has some credibility, I better get a book out there that, that can show and prove I'm doing what I'm talking about and here's right. my story. So really for me, the book is a door opener, a calling card, a resume, a business card. Gotcha. So a lot of, a lot of business opportunities I've had have opened up because I've actually handed people physical copies of my book. When I walk into a meeting, we talk about it. They find it intriguing. I pull the book out of my bag and I say, mm -hmm. well, here, let me sign a copy for you and have it. And that's really opened up a lot of doors. People take you seriously. You've completed something. You've shown them right. that you're serious. So there's more to it than just saying you're an author or, or you have a self-published book or whatever. It's, it's the idea in business that people want to know what you have. Can you be taken seriously? Mm -hmm. And um, can you finish something and, and follow through? I think there's a lot of things there. And how did you, um, where did the financing come from for this first project? So I find that's a great story because I financed it myself. Okay. And I fight fires and I've been, I've been investing in my business myself with my job and that's brought its own set of challenges. And there were times along the way, which I love to tell people and some people, you know, maybe in business or um, in their dreams would not like to tell you the honest truth about things, but I don't mind doing that because I think it gives people a good idea. 
there were days where I let my fridge go empty. There were days where I couldn't pay <laughs> some of my bills. And there was days I was pacing my apartment and I was really hungry. And I kept going back to my fridge because it's a reflex in the first world that we know the fridge has food in it. Once I discovered the fridge didn't have food in it anymore, I was able to get to work and work even harder because I thought, well, I could stand here staring at my empty fridge or I could go back to work. So I want people to know that it's not going to look and feel like it's supposed to. It's not going to look yeah. and feel like you think it's going to feel. And you have to really separate yourself from the logistical things like, oh no, I may have to skip a meal today. Oh no, I'm not sure I can afford to get that those shoes or that shirt or whatever you normally think you're doing in your lifestyle. You might have to make an adjustment to make the moves to what you want to do for your future. So there's a great saying somebody said, if you want something you've never had before or you want to be somewhere you've never been before, you're going to have to become a person you've never been before. Wow. So that's a really great saying because I think that sometimes people, we really want to get somewhere or get something, but we're not sure that we can change who we are in the short term. So get out of your comfort zone, become a different person to get different results. And that's, that's an awesome message for today. Absolutely. Hey, Cam, so you're in Vancouver. Is, were you yes. born and bred in Vancouver? So I was born and raised in North Delta. That's just outside of Vancouver okay. by about 40 minutes. And I was born and raised there. And once I got the job as a firefighter, just, just about five years ago, I moved down to Vancouver. Obviously, I didn't want to make that commute. And also, mm -hmm. the Kitsilano uh, community and lifestyle is definitely for me. And once I landed here and got a taste of it, I have not been able to leave ever since. And I'm not sure I'll leave anytime soon. Well, and part of our, our story here at Canada's podcast is actually, you know, describing and showcasing some of the communities we live. Just give me a soundbite on Kitsilano. What's it like? Kitsilano, <laughs> if you love the fitness lifestyle, the beach lifestyle, the restaurant lifestyle, the great attitude and smiling people lifestyle, successful individuals, people who care about living their lives to the fullest, Kitsilano is definitely for you. Um, I don't even need a car. I can go to the beach right. in one day. I can play around a round of golf. I can have my workout at my gym shop at local farm markets if you like organic food there's lots of foodies here i mean this has got to be one of the best places to live in north america and i'm not just saying that because i live here but it's an amazing place so that's my kitsilano plug <laughs> absolutely well can you give us a little bit of uh insight onto what inspires you do you have a uh a, a mantra or a saying on your wall or something that you know when you look at it you just gets your juices flowing Yes, I do. And so my, my philosophy now, it's sort of where I'm at in my journey and my age is it's not about me. And this is a very important philosophy. It's not about me. So I understand we live in a very self-centered world. We do. Um, we take pictures of ourselves. We're, we're, we're just, we're focused on the person. If you look at the names of the products now, I find it very funny. iPad iPhone, I, I, I. It's a lot of I's and it's a lot of me's. We're in a very centrally focused uh, society where we focus on ourselves a lot. Now, there's a right time for that when it comes to self-development, but then there's an unhealthy part to that where it just becomes a little bit narcissistic and sort of self-absorbed. I'm really trying to follow the mantra right now. It's not about me. It's about other people in my life. So I get to choose who those people are. So for me, a big motivator is my parents, my sisters. 
I have goals to be once I'm in a place of financial freedom that I, I want to do a lot of things with my parents. I want to go on trips. I want to send them places. I want to go on trips with my, my sisters and, and my nieces and nephews and, and really take care of them. I want to donate to groups and people that I find to be valuable. And when I say it's not about me, now I'm focusing on these youth uh, demographics when I speak, when I perform, when I write books, when I do content, I really need to think about the other people and what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. I'm almost just like a vessel for information and value. And it's not about me anymore. Whatever happens from that, when someone says something nice about me and compliments me, that's terrific. But I just don't take it to heart as much as I might have, you know, a few years ago. I just say, well, thank you very much. Let's put that in our gas tank or what's fueling <laughs> us, which is other people. So trying to get that going is something that I found has been very helpful. Well, and something that we talked about uh, earlier was, uh, is, uh, and you say, the, I'll mimic your words, vessel is a vessel for energy. You know, I mean, part of your role as an entertainer and, and speaker and author is, is to motivate people, right? Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, if you could leave, say your ideal audience, right? That, that, uh, with one message, one takeaway that they are going to put on their little plaque on the wall, what would that be? You cannot be stopped. And, and it's so important that I think that, that what we've done is in, in, in our first world place now is we've taken away a lot of the dangers and things that we had hundreds of years ago. You know, we're not dying from the flu. Tigers aren't chasing us in the jungle. We're not starving as mm -hmm. much in, in this part of the world. So we've taken away a lot of the issues that we used to have. So now people are finding that they're, they're suffering from depression because of social media. Um, we're having issues where someone took my parking spot, so I'm going to have a bad day, or they didn't make my latte correct at Starbucks, right? First world problems, yeah. Exactly. So this first world problem idea has actually led us to a place where we believe that all these things are wrong, mm. and, and, and mm. we have all these limitations. It's not true. Right. You cannot be stopped. And I want these young people to know that no matter what it is, no matter how big that dream is or how crazy it is or how many people are going to tell you you can't do it, you cannot actually be stopped. And most of the time, the people who are telling you that you can't have no means to stop you anyway. They just want to say those things, right? So, right. Um, that's but it does come important. from within, right? That, that feeling it really of being does. unstoppable really yes, so should come it, from within. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and believe it or not, you can beat this world into submission. And I don't mean physically, <laughs> but... If you, uh, Denzel Washington has a, has a great <laughs> saying. He said, um, if you hang around the barbershop long enough, you just might get a haircut, you know? And so <laughs> what he meant was how many times he got told no in Hollywood before he yes. finally had a breakthrough. And that's really it. You cannot be stopped. Just keep going. Fantastic. Well, and is there a particular resource that you would love to sort of showcase and, and demonstrate gratitude for that, to, that has gotten, gotten you on your journey? And in terms of resource, do you mean something I do? Well, or, and we, I'll, I'll give you the little hint. We were talking, you, you said you wanted to uh, mention your publisher, how much yes. of a great resource that was. Yes. And so that is a great resource, but I, I think something more relevant and my publisher is great. And, and that stuff, people can go online and, and shop around, look for publishers, mm -hmm. look for something that suits you. So I wanted to publish my book mm -hmm. and here's how it is with self-publishing. I didn't want to go ahead and learn every single thing there was to know about how to get a cover design made, how to get book right. binding done, finding a printer. You can, and I bet you, you know, the next time around, I could probably do that myself. 
But what I wanted to do was get the thing done and the project done. So basically with a self-publisher, what you're doing is you're paying people to put together your work the way that you want it put together. So you're the CEO of the operation and you're telling people what to do and they're saying, right. is this what you want? That's a great resource. I actually want to say something today just because I know this is much uh, more accessible to people, especially with cell phones. I really, this may sound crazy to some people and they go, yeah, I already go on YouTube. YouTube now has something that we haven't had in a long time, which we're now at the tip of the spear is information you can get from other very successful people. And, and I really want young people to take this to heart. Watching YouTube and watching cats roll around and do funny things every now and then, that's really funny. I was laughing at some videos last night that were totally <laughs> ridiculous, and I found myself having a good laugh. There's nothing wrong with that. However, when you can go on YouTube and you can type in someone like Ray Dalio, one of the greatest investors of all time, or you can listen to Michelle Obama, you can listen to speeches by Oprah Winfrey, we are at the tip of the spear in terms of um, transparency with some of the greatest minds of the entire world that we've ever seen. Since when have we been able to step into Oprah Winfrey's kitchen and have her tell us Absolutely. some of the things she's done to be successful? So number one, you can do it today. You have your cell phone. Take 20 minutes every day and look somebody up that's very influential and pick their brain in terms of what it is that makes them tick. Why did they become so successful? And the story, and, and really the message behind that is be very curious. If you're a very curious person, explore Love that. Love it. Stay curious, right? That's be open it. to Stay possibilities. Totally. Cameron, is there anything else you would like to mention today for the uh, audience here at Canada's podcast? You know what? I thought about it and I do want to mention something. There's something coming down the pipe that I'm very yeah. excited about. It's been in the works. I've just been working on it a little bit uh, in the last while. And I have decided to go ahead and start the plans to make my own youth conference in Vancouver that I'm going to be hosting. Uh, awesome. So, yeah. So we're coming up with the names and that, and we're looking at something like the next level conference. And mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're taking that very specified group about the 13, 14 to 18 age. We've noticed there's a lot of self-development seminars for adults and workshops and they beat themselves to death. And I'm going, you know what? It's time we get that group younger and we get them to start off in a group where they can network, they can yes. learn. We're going to bring speakers idea. in. And so Brilliant. we love that idea because yeah. as much as we love the education system, curriculum takes time to change. And we yes. have changed very rapidly. So this is almost like a new school. We want it to be really awesome. We're going to bring kids in and we're, we got that planning. So look out for 2020. We'll make sure we get on that in terms of uh, marketing and advertising and let cool. people know where it's going to be how it's available, all those kinds of things. So I'm really very excited about that. I will be launching that myself and that will be on the back of sort of my second uh, company that I'm ready to launch. So very excited about that nice. and keep, keep your ears and eyes open for that. I'm sure there's lots of people that would love to get behind you on that. So uh, we'll help spread the word. Uh, Cam, thanks again for joining us here on Canada's podcast. It has been a pleasure. I have to wrap up with one fun um, uh, saying that we came up with at our first interview is, uh, you know, historically cam's been a you know good at being a badass and now yes. he's really bad at being a good ass so we yes. kind of love that that was i cool. love that <laughs> i love that i love that i'm still, and so I'm we can encourage a badass. I'm yeah. still a badass just in a good way in, in a, a good, good way, way. Yeah. exactly Don't lose all of that yeah it might help you <laughs> in business you never know <laughs> perfect awesome Thank again you. thanks for joining us cam and uh how can people get a hold of you post uh podcast what's the best way 
the best way would be LinkedIn. That's a place where I spend okay. a lot of time. Perfect. Yeah. And I think if anyone, especially young people, if you're looking to get into business and you want to be taken seriously, yeah. work on a LinkedIn profile. Don't just do the Facebook and Instagram. Get yeah. on LinkedIn. Start connecting Perfect. with people. So we will see you on LinkedIn after today. Hey there, thanks for taking the time today to listen to British Columbia's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com. You can check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'm Angela Fay. See you next time.